Texas Southern versus Southern is our game of the week, so you know what that means. We have three matchups, two storylines, and one key to victory. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day and today's episode is brought to you by bet online who now has a nice little fancy overlay here on the youtube side of things bet online has you covered this season with more odds props and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and our game of the week this this week excuse me is texas southern the texas southern tigers versus the southern jaguars this is a game that always kind of gives me a little bit of trouble when talking for some reason both of them being finished or ended with Southern always trips me up when I'm trying to talk about them. Texas Southern, Southern. Um, but I think we all got it. We're going to call them the Jaguars and the Tigers for the most part. However, our three matchups starts off with a guy that I'm very excited about. And I have been very excited about since day one. And that is Andrew body. Our first matchup to watch in this game is Andrew body versus the Southern defensive backs. And we've talked about quarterbacks on basically all of these because, I mean, it's the most important position on the field. It just makes sense that we are going to talk about them, especially if there is a high-level quarterback in the matchup. But we always had it one-for-one, quarterback, quarterback, right? But who's stopping the quarterback? Defense. And I'm going to let you in. This is a little pet peeve of mine. I actually hate quarterback versus quarterback win-loss stats. I actually don't like that. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite with it because – Anytime Drew Brees beat a uh, Drew Brees and the Saints, see, I'm doing it right there. Anytime the Saints knocked off a Tom Brady-led team, best believe Drew Brees beat Tom Brady. Drew Brees did anytime that was the case, even though I'm fully aware that it's not Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, you know. Uh, but Sean McCray cannot come out there and swat down one of Andrew Body's passes. He cannot do that because they're not going to put him at cornerback. They're not going to put him on defense, period. He just isn't going to do it. So it's not really a toe-to-toe type of matchup. What it really is is a highlight of two quarterbacks when I do it. So when I had Shador Sanders versus Draylon Ellis as a matchup on last week's game of the week, it was more so these are two really good quarterbacks. I want to see what they do on the field at the same time. And then when it came to Musa versus Sanders, in FAMU versus Jackson State, I thought that was a deciding factor where each team or whatever team had the better quarterback play was going to win the game. But never that talk as if they were going against each other. It's not that kind of matchup. But I decided to be more specific this time because I think there's an interesting matchup here. Dimitri Morcel, Jordan Carter. These are two guys who came over from Bowie State. Well, we know what, what Andrew Body is. We don't need to talk about him at length. Uh, we're actually going to have a little bit more to say about him later on. However, 
I felt as if this secondary has some new pieces and they got to get this passing game going in some way for Texas Southern, for the Tigers. And the biggest impediment to that is going to be a defensive backfield that we originally had a, a, a breakdown of the best defensive backfields in, in HBCU, but we didn't get to it because there was just around the time that the season was starting, we just had so much. However, Southern was in that mix. They are projected as one of the better defensive backfields in all of HBCU football. And now you have Andrew Body having to get a little bit of momentum against a backfield like that. This is definitely something I feel like we need to watch out for. And if we're sticking on the idea of Andrew Body, we're going to have to get the man some protection. Um, Jason Dumas is dealing with a strain. I hope that he's back in enough time for this game because you don't want to see him miss any time. And he's a really good player. Next to him is the guy arguably the the best defender in the SWAC you know you got to give the nod to uh Isaiah Land at FAMU however this was the Buck Buchanan Buck Buchanan award winner the year prior to him so it's not as if it's that big of a separation I think that Jordan Lewis is um definitely a guy who can wreck shop I think he's a player who if you're not accounting for will completely take over a game I refuse to believe I hope not <laughs> that Texas Southern does not not excuse me. I hope that Texas Southern does not not account for the guy. Anytime I'm trying to use these double negatives, it slips up a little bit because I do it on purpose, but it still doesn't sound right at times. Um, but overall, I feel as if these two guys going against the Texas Southern offensive line could be the most important matchup of the game. Because this is at the trenches. This is the first level. And if you can't get past them, it's over. If if Jordan Lewis is in, is in the backfield getting after Andrew Body, if Jason Dumas is pushing the pocket, if those two things are happening, your passing game is going to suffer. Your running game is going to be nearly non-existent if this happens on a consistent basis. They have to find a way to get that quarterback and that running back some time. The running back shouldn't be getting hit before he gets to the line of scrimmage. Let him actually be able to see the hole. The quarterback should not be getting hit every single play. You can't get to the quarter or you can't get to the wide receivers in that way. So I think that of the three matchups that I'm outlining, the biggest and most pivotal matchup is not just the Southern defensive line because they do have some other pieces, but specifically Jordan Lewis and Jason Dumas. Those are the guys you need to watch out. You need to take account of every single snap i don't care if you've had 10 blocks good in a row take account of these men because they will wreck shop and they can wreck your game period right and then our last matchup is going to be the texas southern defensive backs versus the southern wide receivers tsu you will never have another game like you did against pv when it comes to defensive backfield no passes allowed or no receptions allowed it's just not real it's not going to happen again so I'm not looking for you to replicate that performance. But what I am looking for is the same stonewall type of defense for some turnovers. Now, that's replicatable. Um, you can definitely sit here and have two interceptions like you did against Prairie View. And that would swing things, give your offense a little bit of momentum. Um, you, you're not going to not have a pass completed against you, but protect big plays. As for Southern, I'm looking for the guy. I don't know many... If any, really, there's exceptions to every rule. So I know there's somebody. However, 
I don't see many wide receiver groups that are good that don't have the guy. And the guy doesn't have to be the only person. You could have multiple players who are alternating and in rotation for being the guy. They can all be that. But I don't think you can have one. I mean, none. You can have one. You can have some. But if you have none, you likely don't have a good receiving core. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking about, about the Patriots from last year. They had a decent receiving core, but nothing special, you know, um, nothing that made you feel like, oh, they're going to elevate the quarterback. Nothing like that. So I'm not even talking about Bashan McCray and how he's going to get it to those guys. I want one of those guys to step up and say, I'm the man. At some point, I think you're going to need that, especially if you're speaking about competing on a championship level. This is the week to, to show it, in my opinion. And going forward, we're going to be talking about two storylines in a game, and they both come from Southern side of things. So they're both going to be more closely related to the Jaguars. But before we get into that, let me tell you about Bet Online because they have the best sports wagering you could find anywhere. Listen, you want the odds, you want the news, you want the scores. They have everything there at Bet Online. We just saw a fantastic game. What a gutsy performance by Justin Herbert to throw that that or have that touchdown drive late in the game with some really jacked up ribs. The odds on that game as the game was going on would have been crazy. I wish I would have been paying attention to it, but this was a really good game to bet on. They have a lot more on Sunday. They have our college games on Saturday. Make sure you guys are getting in on the action. It doesn't have to be football. It can be basketball, um, futures. It can be the MLB, NHL, combat sports. Whatever you want it to be, they have everything on Bet Online. They are the most versatile place to put your money down, in addition to being the fastest and easiest. With a wage on all of your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. As we keep on rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day in today's word of the day is rancid, meaning having an unpleasant smell or taste. And I have two storylines in this game that I really think are going to be something to watch. Number one, who is Southern? Who is Southern? I, I really do not know. Um... I was on with Doug Mouton of WWL in, in New Orleans today, and he asked me about what's so special about this team. And, and we talked about it a little bit before we went on air about how they faced an NIA or NAIA school, and then they faced a Power Five in LSU. And those are two completely different teams on the spectrum. You better beat the NAIA school, and you're likely not going to beat the Power Five school is what it is right but neither one of those games really gives you a really good concrete evaluation of what this team is i feel like fbs opponents are extra credit for hbcus if you do bad all right whatever you know but if you do good then we're going to add that to your stock um i definitely wish that there were better performances in these out-of-conference games. However, that's my opinion on these money games or these FBS opponent games. I just don't put too much stock in evaluating the team. I just don't, I don't really care too much about it because I think there's limited amount of information that I 
can, you know, take. You know, I think that the other teams around the the SWAC are going to take more than me, but myself, fans, right? I don't think there's too much you can take from those games, seriously. Um, but I just want to know who Southern is because they have a new head coach. They have a new quarterback. They have new pieces all around the defense. They have uh they have just an all-around team that has a lot of expectations, but we know nothing about them. Nothing. It's crazy to me the amount of expectations that we have heaped on the Southern Jaguars preseason with a new coach, a new quarterback, a bunch of new pieces on the defense. We don't even know this team. We don't, yet we have such high expectations, and I'm right there. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we trust in Eric Dooley. He might be new to Southern, kind of, he's an alum. He might be new as the head coach of Southern, but he's not new to the SWAC, and he just took a team to the SWAC championship. And maybe that's where the faith comes from. But I know it's there. But what I don't know is who is this team? They're not the team that faced Florida Memorial. They're not. They're not the team that faced LSU. They're not. They are definitely somewhere in the middle. It's like the truth. You got one side of the story. You got another side of the story. And the truth is probably somewhere in between. That's how I feel about Southern in the evaluation of them. This should be the first time, this game versus Texas Southern, where they're facing an opponent that's closer to their weekend and week out competition. This might be the first time we can start to develop a concrete evaluation of who Southern's going to be in 2022. I'm not sure yet, but that's one of the biggest things that should come out of this game. Um, and in a way, it's kind of a measuring stick for both teams, just to bring in Texas Southern in this as well. The Tigers are a team that I think are better than what they performed like against Prairie View. And then also, this is a game that they were able to win last year. And this is also a game against a team that is going to be one of the best teams in the SWAC this year. If you can knock off this team, all right, you might be able to erase that rancid taste that is in your mouth from the Prairie View game. You, you might just be able to say, you know what? That's not who we were. That's a bad weather game. This just does not reflect the type of team that we are going to be. I, I think that's the goal, and it's kind of a measuring stick for both teams. Our second storyline, like I said, is still Southern-related, but can Eric Dooley continue his hot stretch against Texas Southern? Eric Dooley has never lost to TSU, ever. He was the Prairie View head coach starting in the 2018 season, and he never lost that game. That spring 21 weird season was the only time it was even remotely close, and trust me, I was, I was out there for most of them. Not playing, but I was out there as a fan watching, right? And here's my thing. Outside of that one game in the COVID spring year, every other game has been a 21-plus margin of victory. So this hasn't been even remotely close. This isn't a game that has been competitive between these two. And that bodes well for Southern. That really does bode well for Southern. But then for Texas Southern, you just beat this team. Last year, you just beat the Jaguars last year in this game. The only time it's been in Arlington, it's going to be in Arlington yet again. What you going to do? Can you make it two for two? And maybe, maybe it's just being in globe life. It's just going to spark something in you. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. But I do believe that this game is going to be something that we should definitely be watching. Because if I'm talking about who is Southern, 
Eric Dooley is known to have explosive offenses. That's what he does. In his first year at Prairie View, he had 360-plus point games. Um, he's had multiple 40-point games in every single year as a head coach. Um, his lowest amount in those three years, that 2018, 2019, 2021 seasons, these, his lowest amount in the season was two. That's the least amount of 40-point games he's had in a singular season. He had a, above five, I think it was maybe six, um, 40-point games in a singular season before. This guy knows how to get offense. In, in Grambling, when he was the OC, three SWAC Offensive Players of the Year in a row. He knows how to get offense. We'll see if that can click that quickly. The jury's still out for it. I think that's something that Texas Southern is going to have to try to stop. And maybe they have to just win a shootout. But in some way, I will be interested to see how fast this clicks. And can Eric Dooley remain undefeated against Texas Southern? Does he have his number? Or do they still have, or does he still have their number now that he's left and went to a different team? As we go forward, we're going to talk about the one key to victory, and it's the same for both teams. It's the same for both teams, so we have one key to victory. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we have one key to victory, and it is the same for each team. Run the ball period. That is the key to victory for each team. And when you're kind of looking at these squads, they're kind of built the same, like in, in just a little way. I don't want to say the exact same, but when you look at the pieces that they have, I draw a lot of lines of similarity to them. Let's start at the quarterback position. We, I think that McCray is going to need to really show what he can do on this level a little bit more. I understand that. However, I've seen him be able to run. I know that he's not afraid to. I know he has a tendency to do it. So we, I think it's pretty safe to label him as a dual threat quarterback. Andrew Body is also a dual threat quarterback. Sounds to me like there's a little bit of similarity there. They can both throw the ball. Um, once again, everything that we're saying about McCray to me is an assumption. So we're just going to go with the premise that we are assuming, and I'm basing some of that off of the Florida uh, Memorial game. He can throw the ball. So I think they're a perfect comparison as far as dual threat quarterbacks. You look at the running back position. They have multiple running backs. Um, we will see if Southern does that. They went with mostly one running back versus LSU. And we'll see if now that the competition level is kind of in the middle of where their first two games have been, if they go back to a multiple running back system like they had against Florida Memorial. But we know that Texas Southern has Ladarius Owens and Ja'Cory Howard, so we know that they're going to run the ball with multiple players. And then not to mention the quarterback for each team should handle that rock in the running game quite a bit as well. So they're very similar. And then the question mark comes with the receivers. Who is going to step up? I had the question of the Southern wide receivers versus the Texas Southern defensive backs because I wanted to know who was going to step out and be that guy. The same, I don't want to say the same can be said because I think that Jaron Johnson is solid at the tight end position, but they are both missing that wide receiver who can just be the guy. I don't know who that's going to be on either one of these teams. So with that being said, Run the freaking ball. I know I said that Texas Southern was predictable, but you can run without being predictable. And let's be honest, 
You have those two running backs. You have Andrew Body, who is a good runner. You're running the ball. I mean, I can I can sit here and talk about play calling all I want. They are going to run the ball. TSU is going to run the ball. Meanwhile, Southern, if I'm looking at what happened to TSU in week one, well, Prairie, if you ran it right down their throat. If I'm any offensive coordinator, my game plan going into a game with TSU is to run the ball until they prove they can stop it. If they prove they can stop it this week, okay. But until they do, if Southern comes out and has a lot of success running the ball, the blueprint is out. You can't stop the run. Now, with all of this being said, where both teams need to try to focus on running the ball, it might be who can make a play through the air that's going to decide this. I hope that we have a close matchup. Unfortunately, I will not be able to make it. I was supposed to be at this game, but I got another opportunity to uh, to do something else. And I, I hope to come in and fill you guys in. Make sure you guys are checking my Twitter for it. I got to give you something to come to the Twitter for, man. <laughs> so uh, I got another opportunity that does not allow me to be at this game, unfortunately. So I am going to really, I'm really bummed out that I'm going to miss it. However, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And it's a game that could potentially tell us a lot about one of the teams that we feel is going to be at the the top of the SWAC West, and then maybe a team that we think is going to be at the bottom. These things might not be the truth, and this game will go a long ways to starting us to seeing exactly how the SWAC West could shake out, right? Now what we're going to do with our quick hits in the HBCU landscape, Travis Hunter is now partnered. He has an NIL deal with Michael Strahan's uh, shaving brand in, in skincare. Uh, it's funny to me because I don't think the man is shaving, but he does have the skincare side of things. And, um, I think that's great. Um, HBCU, HBCU love, uh, straight hand. Let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get some, some partnership with some of them TSU guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. I love that Michael Strahan has not shied away. I think that Deion Sanders has used his connection with with Strahan to be able to put these Jackson State kids in a certain um, wardrobe. They all had customized suits. Now you see the partnership with Travis Hunter. I love it. I think that this is great. We, I can say, hey, Strahan, man, throw, throw some love to the HBCU, I mean, to the TSU guys. But at the end of the day, I kind of look at us as, as like families um, where we all have our own little groups. We all have our own little homes or whatnot. But at the end of the day, we're all in that HBCU umbrella where we want to see each other win. We might not want you to win on the field. Like, I don't want Southern to win this week because they're facing Texas Southern. However, I want to see TSU and Southern win, you know, just not on the field at the same time. So I think that's kind of how I look at it. So I appreciate the HBCU love between Hunter and Strahan to have that partnership. I think that is really nice. So... With all of that being the case, let's keep rolling and talk about Deion Sanders, who made comments about the, the price needs to be up if these HBCUs are going to go get shellacked for the amount of money. And I'm not a big business guy, but when you hear the numbers that he's breaking down and the numbers that he's requesting, I, I believe it. You know, let's make sure that our teams are being provided and, and being paid the appropriate sum when they go out and have these games. I think that a lot of people had some hoopla about it, but I don't really see a problem with it. And he did not ask. And this is one thing that um, I don't say grinds my gears or nothing, but this is one of the things that does kind of bother me. We can't, as HBCUs and fans and whatnot, 
we can't continue to just compare ourselves to the power five schools. We have to understand that whether we like it or not, they do operate with different rules. They operate within a different context, a different setting. They don't have everything going on that we do. They, it's just, it's different. So we don't play the same game. Let's just be real about it, right? So he didn't come on and say, oh, we deserve the same amount as whatever school you want to name, but he did use that number and bring it down a little bit and said, listen, this is likely the closer number to our reality. We should be getting that. Um, once again, just shout out to Dion for being vocal. He said that earlier in the week, but I just did not feel as if I wanted to come on and do a segment about it, but this did deserve to be how we wrapped up our quick hits in the HBCU. Now, with all of that being said, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on Monday's episode, we will recap this game and also some of the other highlights from the HBCU landscape. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out our conference shows. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.